Welcome to the Pentecost Podcast. I'm your host, Ewan Ebsworth. The Pentecost Podcast is a podcast dedicated to exploring Pentecostal theology and history. If you're a Pentecostal who is passionate about theology, or someone discovering Pentecostalism for the first time, then join me in exploring Pentecostal theology and history through this podcast. We're starting a new series in this episode based on the book Toward a Pentecostal Ecclesiology, The Church and the Fivefold Gospel, edited by John Christopher Thomas. I'll put a link to the book on Amazon in the podcast description. I've titled this series The Church and the Full Gospel. This episode is part one of a seven-part series exploring the major themes, intersection and integration of the fivefold gospel, otherwise called the full gospel, in the church. The full gospel within Pentecostalism is the conviction that Jesus is our justifier, sanctifier, healer, baptizer in the Holy Spirit, and soon coming king. In other words, the full gospel includes justification, sanctification, divine healing, spirit baptism, and the coming return of Christ. For anyone unfamiliar with the theological language so far, I'll break these down one by one as we go through the series. Very briefly, justification refers to being made right with God. Sanctification is the process of our holiness as we grow to become more like Jesus. Spirit baptism refers to the filling of the Holy Spirit by Jesus. And eschatology, which will be referenced later in this episode, is the study of the end times, typically with a view to the nature of the future return of Christ. Of note, each of these five elements of the full gospel is an outworking of the atonement of Christ and also involves not only the order of salvation, meaning the process by which we are saved, but also the way of salvation, how we are to live out our salvation. Quote, The fivefold gospel is the means to participation in the very life of God with sanctification at its very heart. Sanctification forms and transforms the affections and thus serves as an essential link between the blessings of justification and spirit baptism, end quote. Further in the same paragraph, it continues, quote, they build on each other and flow into one another and thus one grows into the image of Christ through the presence of the Holy Spirit, end quote. Within this theological framework, the gospel is not just the message by which we are saved, but also how we are to participate in the life of Jesus through membership to the body of Christ, his church, once becoming a Christian. The chapter goes on to survey the development of this doctrine within Pentecostalism, mentioning theologians such as Dayton, Land, Machia, and Carcanon, each of whom have made significant contributions to Pentecostal theology in this area. Dayton rediscovered North American Pentecostalism's theological roots in the Wesleyan holiness tradition. Land was the first theologian to argue that the full gospel was quintessential to early Pentecostal spirituality and shaped its beliefs, practices, and affections. Machia points to the fivefold gospel as the ecclesiological marks of the church. Carcanon emphasized the transformative nature of salvation and interpreted Pentecostal theology of salvation within a mystical and participatory lens. The chapter then pivots from this literature review and historiography to 
to an integrative approach which links the fivefold full gospel and the nature of the church, which also serves as the basis for the outline of the rest of the book. Kenneth Archer, who contributes this chapter, builds on the work of John Christopher Thomas, the editor of the book, to create an ecclesiological framework for the Pentecostal church that combines the distinctive roles of Jesus as summarized in the fivefold gospel, the sacraments of the church corresponding to its identity as the redeemed community, and the fivefold ministry gifts found in Ephesians 4, 11-13 of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. The final framework looks like this. 1. Jesus is the Saviour. The corresponding sacrament of the church is water baptism, and the fivefold ministry gift is the apostle. 2. Jesus is the sanctifier. The corresponding sacrament or sign is foot washing, and the fivefold ministry gift is the teacher. 3. Jesus is the spirit baptizer. The corresponding sacrament or sign is speaking in tongues, otherwise known as glossolalia, and the fivefold ministry gift is the prophet. 4. Jesus is the healer. The corresponding sacrament or sign is the laying on of hands, the anointing with oil and praying for the sick, and the fivefold ministry gift is the pastor. 5. Jesus is the coming king. The corresponding sacrament is the Lord's Supper, and the fivefold ministry gift is the evangelist. What difference does this make? Firstly, I love how central Jesus is in this theological framework, not only to the gospel itself, but also to the very identity and mission of the church. As the chapter remarks, quote, at the very core of Pentecostal spirituality is a desire to encounter Jesus through the Holy Spirit, end quote. To paraphrase the chapter, Pentecostals preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ, not the gospel of the Holy Spirit. The church is the embodiment of the full gospel, as well as the instrument and means Jesus uses to fulfill his mission and plan of salvation. I especially like Archer's linkage of the role of Christ with the fivefold ministry gifts which Christ gives to the church. The church is not just a society of Christians with bylaws and a polity freeze of governance in a purely human or sociological sense. The church has been equipped by Christ himself with gifted people, all with specific functions and roles, and who all share the same charisma as Jesus was anointed with after his baptism for the work of ministry and mission. The church is not an accident of the gospel, nor even only entailed by the gospel. It's the chosen means of demonstrating the power and effects of the gospel. Secondly, I love the emphasis on the participatory nature of salvation within this concept of the church. The Reformation doctrine of sola fide teaches that we are saved by faith alone. But as proponents of sola fide say, faith is never alone. Faith requires repentance and change. John the Baptist tells the Pharisees on the bank of the River Jordan to bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Sanctification is the evidence of repentance and the natural corollary of faith. But sanctification is not a legal pronouncement like justification. Rather, it is the process, the telos or purpose of which is the perfection of our faith, as James 1 verse 4 says. And this perfection results in Christ-likeness as we bear Jesus' image to the world like a perfect reflection in a mirror. It is also an ontological change. Ontology is the nature of being. We are in a sense transfigured like Jesus on the mountain into the radiance and glory of Christ 
and become partakers of the divine nature, as it says in 2 Peter 1 verse 4. I also love the focus on the incarnational nature of salvation. Jesus is our healer, and Jesus is also our spirit baptizer. This means salvation isn't just what happens after we die and we go to heaven for eternity. Salvation is at work in the redemption and healing of believers in body, mind and soul, as well as our empowerment through the Holy Spirit to bring the eschatological nature and reality of the kingdom of God into this present world. Finally, I love the sacramental nature of the church. Historically, one common thread that unites Protestant traditions together is an agreement on the number of sacraments, namely two, baptism and the Lord's Supper. Although within Lutheranism, some Lutherans do consider absolution a third sacrament. Early Pentecostals seem to have included foot washing and speaking in tongues as fellow sacraments. Later generations of Pentecostals would contest whether these latter two were indeed sacraments by nature, meaning that the number of sacraments within Pentecostalism seems to be not a completely settled matter yet. Nevertheless, early Pentecostalism was a very sacramental Protestant movement, and many modern theologians are reclaiming this theology and spirituality within the Pentecostal tradition. By linking Jesus' roles within the full gospel to a corresponding sacrament within the church, Thomas and Archer's church model shows the importance of the sacraments to the life of the church and the sacramental nature of the church. Sacraments are not just outward signs pointing us to some finished work of Christ, but are means of grace through which Christ works out his own salvation for us. As I work through the remaining sections of the book, I hope the meaning and definition of each sacrament will become clearer, and that my own theology and understanding of the nature and the power of the sacraments will also become more defined. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's part one of this new series. Please subscribe for more episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts and help by sharing this podcast with your church, family, and friends. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I'll catch you in the next one.